and just do you. Really just don't care what anyone thinks because it doesn't matter. Like people are going to say stuff regardless. They're going to look at you whatever way they want to, but just don't let it affect you. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to episode 10 of Alopecia Life. I'm your host, Deanne Graham, and today in the States, it's our Thanksgiving. Whether you're spending the day with family you've been born into or a chosen family of your own, today is a day of celebration. And our guest is Alexia Kerwick. She's a teenager living in Northern California. Alexia's mom got her started very early on with Polynesian dancing, and she's now a Tahitian dancer. Building on that community has given her an incredible base, especially when she was diagnosed with alopecia. And I'm just excited to share Alexia Kerwick's perspective with you today. Welcome, Alexia. Thank you so much for joining us today. For sure. Yeah. And you are in Northern California, is that right? Yes, Bay Area. Why don't we talk a little bit about your alopecia diagnosis and how that was? It's been fairly recent from what I understand. Yeah, I found my first spot. It was like it was like a little kind of like the size of maybe a quarter mm-hmm. when back in May of 2018. Okay. I was just kind of walking down the street with my friend and it was really windy and then she goes, "Wait, like, you know, there's something on your head." And then she's looking and she's like, "Oh, there's a bald spot." Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird. There's never been one there before. And so, you know, my mom, she would try to put serums on it. And then it kind of just stayed. It didn't really get bigger or smaller over the past couple months. And then eventually in November, it it grew back. Mm-hmm. And so I was very relieved. But then in February, or no, in January, very early January, I started getting another bald spot. And it wasn't that big. So I wasn't really worrying. And then I think a month later, it was getting a little bit bigger and I started feeling around my head and I could feel like five more mm. and it was getting very stressful for me, especially it was like the second quarter of the year and I was like really trying to get, I was really trying to just be on my school grind and it's really hard to focus Yeah, when something like this is on my mind and I'm like, can people see it? Like I was always asking friends like, oh, can you like cover my spot? And sometimes it'd be like, oh, it's really showing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was very stressful. And then eventually my, my like smaller spot became this really big spot, a little bit bigger than the size of my hand, mm-hmm. like right on top of my head. And I would start just, I would start wearing hoodies, like just with the hood on more. Mm-hmm. And I wore a lot of beanies in like March mm-hmm. and I wore a lot of like bucket hats. Sometimes people would like take it off my head mm-hmm. and because they didn't know. Right. They just thought I was wearing it. And sometimes like when your friends fool around with you, you'll just take your hat. Mm-hmm. And then I would start crying and it was just not fun. And yeah. so I think a little bit before it got to that point where it was that bad, my mom, we went to the doctor 
they're like, yeah, you know, it's alopecia, so we could do the shots or this cream. And so at first we tried the cream, but it really wasn't working. And mm. then I was about to start swim unit. I just didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't want anyone to see it. Because right. right until that point, I was covering it. Mm-hmm. However, however, I was covering it. And so they were like, we can do the shots. And at this point, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just try the shots. Mm-hmm. And it still really didn't do anything. And so I think when summer started, I was talking to my friends and my mom and the woman who provides my wigs, Allison. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you could just shave it off. Because there's really, there wasn't that much left. I think I had like maybe 15% hair left. And so my friend came over and she just shaved it off for me. Awesome. It was done. Let's do a shout out to her. What's her yes. name? Shout out to Ellie, Ellie for helping me shave my head. On. Thanks, Ellie. And so this wasn't the first time you had seen alopecia though or heard about it, right? This wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like a big surprise. My sister, Allie, she was, I think she got diagnosed with it when she was like four. Mm-hmm. She's really little and she just got a couple bald spots and it would get like worse and worse. And she, I think she had about as much hair loss as I did, but she never shaved it because she was, she was just smaller. She didn't really care as much. She was like, it's not going to kill me. So I'm fine. <laughs> and eventually after a while it grew back and she was She's kind of chilling with like all her hair for about three years. And then now she's got, she's got one on the back of her head, but it's not, it's not too bad. So for the most part, she's doing a lot better than I was. Yeah. Does she still have the same attitude about it? Kind of just. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's not hurting me. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine. So you're 15 now and you're starting your sophomore year at high school. What? What are your feelings going into this school year where last year at this time it, was, it wasn't super, super stressful as far as your hair loss was until right before Christmas, but what, what's different this year than last year? Probably my just attitude, especially like appearance-wise, because when I shaved my head, I was expecting to be like really emotional, mm-hmm. but I was just feeling a lot more free. Mm. it just felt a lot better. So I did, I think I posted about it too. And I was like, I shaved my head. I'm bald now guys. And everyone was very supportive. So everyone really like knows about it. Mm-hmm. So I guess going into sophomore year, it should be a lot less stressful, especially when I was going into freshman year, it was already stressful because mm-hmm. the first year, but now I've got like a little taste and I'm coming in strong. I'm not, freaking out about anything. My hair, I don't really, I'm okay with my hair. I've got my wigs. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about that a little bit, your wigs. First time I heard about you was a post that your mom shared on the alopecia forum about you doing Tahitian dance. And yeah. I loved the piece about it where you're like, I don't have to sleep in my, you know, oh, braids yeah. for days. I can just pop this amazing Polynesian hair yep. on. And yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah, for Tahitian and even like hula, you have to braid your hair so it gets that curly feel. Like for Tahitian too, it has to be like big, big. And there's a lot of girls who they dance and their hair texture because their hair. T- a lot of the girls I know that dance are Filipino. Maybe it's just where I where I am and where our studio is in the Bay Area. 
but you know their hair is more like it's got the asian gene and it's very it's thick but it's very like straight so when they braid their hair it'll hold for maybe a couple minutes oh wow yeah and my hair used to be like that too it was very like straight and it was just hard to keep the curl like you're constantly like brushing and teasing and you know i used to do like i think last year for the comp i did this weekend but a year ago i did 19 braids in my hair my goodness i know it took me i was up till like 3 a.m it was very tiring and then it took really long to take them out my mom was like yelling at me she was like alex why'd you do so many braids (laughs) oh my god but it's it's so much easier now because i know a lot of girls who are they're always texting me they're like hey can you like can you call me while i braid my hair like (laughs) sure i'm not doing anything (laughs) have to rearrange my wig i kind of it's not that long Mm -hmm. so i put extensions in it and i'll just brush it out and then i'm done right on Let's talk about your dancing career, I guess it is. It's not, I mean, it's something you do for pleasure, for sure. But I mean, it sounds like something you really dedicate a ton of time to. Along with dancing, you've also have acting and modeling and voiceover work. So you're, you're extremely talented and busy and outgoing. You were a part of a halal for hula in your early years. I know you mentioned to me earlier that we you started at the age of four. And yes. Yeah. So feel free to share a little bit about that. Okay. I started dancing. Actually, I think I started dancing when I was four at the studio I'm at now because mm-hmm. when I was younger, I would stay with my grandma, my Lola a lot. And eventually my mom moved me to a studio in the East Bay where we were at Motu Aina, which is the name of the halal. And that's really where I like started, started dancing. And it got more serious for me there because it's where I received my Hawaiian name through this whole graduation process. Mm-hmm. And when we had to move, it was very difficult, but I still am in contact with a lot of them. And I still see them like this past weekend at one of our competitions. A lot of them were there competing, which is cool because they haven't done this competition in years. I think not since 2014. So it was really cool to see them. It was a surprise. They don't do a lot of these Tahitian competitions, not as much as I've been doing at least to mm-hmm. see them around, but it was really fun to see them again. The studio that I dance with now, it's Te Pura o Te Rahura'a. Yeah, and it's owned by Marilu Lafon, my auntie, my auntie Marilu. I rejoined and it was just... The environment's very different. It's more, they're more strong with Tahitian. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, you know, the Tahitian competitions, whereas with the studio in the East Bay, I was doing more hula competitions, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very fun. I think my technique has been strengthened. Yeah. Do you think that really being a part of a group like that forms these strong bonds? I mean, do you feel like a part of that was how you were able to deal with alopecia so well when it happened? I think... Because when I joined Te Pura, it was when I moved back here in like 2017. So I really didn't see anything with my hair until the following year. And even when I did, it was still like kind of a joke with mm-hmm. all my friends since it was just like the little spot at first. It was really just a joke. But eventually when I started losing more hair, I guess it didn't really affect dancing because for me dancing is like my safe space and it's just like where I can be free yeah so and I know everyone at the studio they don't really they don't care they're all like my family yeah do you have any recommendations for someone your age teenagers who might be getting diagnosed right now right before the beginning of a school year what would your recommendation be to them and some advice that you could share 
probably don't stress because that could affect it. And it's also not just affecting it, it's going to affect you. And something like this, where you'll probably be feeling a different type of way about it in like, what, a couple years or even just a couple months. Don't, don't let it affect you too much, especially in school, because mm-hmm. school is very important. Mm-hmm. I wish I hadn't let it affect me in school. And just do you. Really just don't care what anyone thinks because it doesn't matter. Like people are going to say stuff regardless. We're going to look at you whatever way they want to, but just don't let it affect you because they're just, they're just jealous. They can't be this confident. Do you kind of credit the fact that you have strong friendships in school and outside of school as being a really huge part of accepting alopecia? I would say, yeah, a little bit. I think it was more me who had to accept it because as much as like my mom and my best friends and everything my dance sisters would be like oh you're beautiful with or without it it's just I still wasn't feeling it for a long time and eventually when I did accept it it had to be like all me Mm -hmm. what was that moment where you kind of just went okay this is it probably when I saw all my grades shift (laughs) I like to think of myself as a good student. I had all A's till my hair loss got like very aggressive Mm -hmm. and my grades kind of started dropping. I really didn't want to let that happen. And I was like, okay, I need to stop. I don't know what's going on with me, but I need to figure something out. And of course I told myself that for the rest of the school year, but really nothing about my attitude was changing until I shaved my head. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I was just like trapped by this disease till I was like, okay, I'm in control. Right. That it is that a point, sense yeah. of that, isn't it? When you when you kind of take over something that's out of your control really and you say, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, I think for all parents who are listening to this too, do you have any recommendations for parents in this situation that are going through this? There's a lot a lot of pain that they're going through as well. And so if you have any recommendations for them, I'm sure they would love to hear that as well. Maybe just, I'm sure the parents can be in pain, but just, I'm sure like your kid is definitely going to be in more pain. So Mm -hmm. I just try to, try to not be as like, try not to show how you're feeling about their diagnosis to them and just be there to comfort them Mm -hmm. because they just, they need their parent right now. They need someone strong. Do you, do you think that it's really helpful to ask questions as a parent to to you, let's say, um, when you're going through this, or is it kind of just, let's, let's just be together and have that openness that you can talk to them? I mean, I guess it depends. It's good for them to ask questions, but also not so many where it's like, okay, is this my disease or is this your disease now? Yeah. Have you felt like that's been something that's come up for you guys at all? Probably a couple times because my mom is very, um, Filipinos like to call it OA, overacting, dramatic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so there were times where she would just be like, you know, you're losing all your hair. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Um, Mm -hmm. It just probably been easier. She was a little more grounded, more strong for me. I know she has been. She Mm -hmm. definitely has been. And I thank her. But there were times where I was like, okay. You're definitely fine. Do you feel like that's super helpful to to both of you to kind of just say, hey, let's just let's just mellow for a minute and and put things in perspective? Yeah, it definitely is. So I'll still joke about my hair, 
wow, it's crazy that I'm like bald, huh? <laughs> She'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, I'm joking. Do you think that helps your sister too, as far as kind of keeping it on the level with your mom? Yes. Well, the thing about my sister is she doesn't really, I don't think she cares at all. She doesn't really talk about it because she's like eight. And so it's more like my mom who'll be like checking her hair and my sister's just trying to like live her life. So yeah. Yeah. Has your mom handled it different? I, I should talk to her about this, but has your mom ha- handled it different for your sister versus you in school as far as kind of preparing, you know, classrooms and things like that? Has has she done anything like that for you? It's obvious when you come out on social media, that kind of spreads very quickly, doesn't it? When you shaved your head. Yeah. She doesn't really do anything differently for Allie or for me. It's very much the same, the way that she feels about our alopecia. I mean, I guess mine a little bit more because I don't really have any hair (laughs) Uh that much. But as far as like school-wise, I'm sure Allie's fine. I know there's a couple times she's told me like kids have said stuff about her and been like, oh, you know, why don't you have eyebrows or like where's some of your hair? But Mm -hmm. she's okay. She doesn't let it get to her. She's a very happy person, just overall in general. She doesn't let stuff like that get to her. So is there anything else today that you'd like to share with our listeners? A lot of them are from all over the world. So, you know, hair loss is looked at a little bit different in in different parts of the world. Any sage advice you want to share with with the group? Well, I guess just own it. Mm -hmm. Just own it and be confident. Do what you want with it. Like shave it, don't shave it. I mean, everyone's different anyways. Right on. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today and for sharing your message with the listeners. Thank you for listening today to Alopecia Life. Have a happy holiday and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.